to have today uh, Michael Hetherington. He's joining us from Bali. Lucky him. (laughs) That's a wonderful place to be quarantined. We're recording this during the coronavirus um, pandemic. So I am in Indiana, in the Midwest, where I always am, and uh, he's in Bali. So I'm not going to hold that against him, but... uh, (laughs) He is, um, he was a speaker at a retreat that I went to, um, or a seminar last fall at the Omega Institute. And so at that time, we've been kind of trying to coordinate this for a while, really. (laughs) I got in touch with you not too long after that, um, and... And it's just taken a while because we are literally on opposite sides of the world. So as we record this, it's it's almost nine o'clock in the morning for me and nine o'clock at night for you. But Michael is a mind-body therapist. He's an acupuncturist, an author, a teacher, a taekwondo yogi. And he's from Australia. Um, he lives in Bali. And as I mentioned at the moment, no, he lives in Thailand. Did I just say Bali? He lives in Thailand, yeah, usually hard. his residence. And uh, but he's currently in Bali, and so he's got a really interesting journey and backstory that has led him to all of these different modes of healing and um, different wellness practices, such as yoga and Taekwondo. Um, He uses the EFT technique and the letting go technique, and we'll talk a little bit more about that um, and maybe do a little little demo of EFT. Um, And so I'll put in the show notes also a link to his website and to his Facebook. I highly recommend that you check him out on Facebook. He's got some really great videos on there, like very... um, very warm and engaging, but also just full of information. I was looking at one yesterday that was really encouraging me to take care of my liver. And now I'm inspired to go get some tea that has what it's milk thistle and dandelion root mm-hmm. and to get plenty of sleep because that liver is doing some important stuff. So <laughs> but there's all kinds of just like really interesting um, things for you to uh, think about in in taking care of yourself, and of course, um, what runs through all of Michael's work is the um, is the fact that we are our own healing machines, and that there's so much that we can tap into, literally tap into with EFT, which we'll talk about, mm. <laughs> but. You know, our bodies, there are so many different ways to um, facilitate healing within the body and um, and w- in ways that complement Western medicine and ways that are alternative approaches as well. And so he is a facilitator for that healing. Um, and so it's such a joy to have you. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. And... Can we just 
talk about your journey. So how did you how did you start learning about these different approaches to healing and um, and and start on this route? You've got such a varied mm. a varied scope. Well, yeah, thank you for the intro. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear other people explain, you know, that feedback to go, oh, wow, I've done, you know, lots of different things. And mm. um, yeah, so uh, yeah, when I was growing up in Australia, um, I was about 16, 17, and I started getting really bored with schooling. Um, I I just wasn't inspired. I didn't know why I was learning this information. And so I kind of, well, I, to be honest, I started taking LSD mm-hmm. and um, going to a few parties and, you know, exploring a different world. And I think it was definitely the LSD, a bit of psychedelics and stuff like that really did. I remember one particular experience is that I started seeing you know, I could see energy fields around people. Mm. And I, I had these new sensations in my body and I felt like I was um, able to pick up images in people's minds and like all this really? strange phenomena. Oh my God. Yeah, strange phenomena was happening. And I didn't, at the time, I didn't know what it was. And so, and also like when I'd lie down sometimes, I would you know, go into a very sort of hypnotic trance-like state. And it was actually kind of a meditation. But again, I didn't know what was happening to me. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And when I, um, so schooling obviously wasn't giving me an explanation about what was happening or what was really here. So I remember I started taking myself to libraries and doing my own I started looking at subjects that I was interested in, not what the school wanted me to learn. So I started looking through, you know, psychology books and um, history books. And but what really stuck with me was yoga, the books on yoga and the books on Buddhism in particular as well. And it just struck me that, that especially the yogis, they could explain very similar to what my kind of experience was like talking about energy fields, different states of consciousness. Um, you know, Yogananda's book talks about, you know, uh, psychic sort of experiences and stuff. And I was like, this is kind of it. This makes more sense to me. This is so interesting. Right. So I pretty much made up my mind that I was more interested. I was more interested in that path Mm. of Eastern, Eastern philosophy, Eastern science, whatever it is. And so I, I pretty much left schooling and I went traveling. And I was like, I want to travel somewhere really weird. I want to travel. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go to uni. I don't want a real job. I was like, I don't want any of that. I just want what's, what's um, something different, you know, when I started doing the Gawenka Vipassana retreats in New Zealand, actually. Mm. Um, and... I just, I got really into them. And I think once I started meditating, I took to it quite easily. I, I found I took to it quite easily at the beginning anyway. Mm. Um, and so it felt kind of natural for me to do it. And then, so I continued, did more 
yoga, I started hanging out with Hare Krishnas. And then, and then when I got back to Australia, I was like, where can I go that's really, yeah, really weird, really different? <laughs> <laughs> different to the West, you know? I was yeah. like, I just want the opposite to the West. Mm. And I got a job, like, I think it was the next day, I was looking in the newspaper and there was a job for English teaching mm. in China. And I just, I was like, yes. And I called up and I was instantly hired because there was no filtration system. There was no real bureaucracy in place at that time. You didn't need a degree. You didn't need education. You just needed to be from Australia and to be, you know, Caucasian and to speak English. And this was and in so, the 90s? This was early 2000, 2004. Okay. So I got that job and I went to China and I stayed in China for a year. And, um, you know, me and my friend, my guy from Canada I was living with, and he was into Kung Fu. And we would just go searching for Chinese doctors just to get needles put in us. Like we were like, let's go find Taoist temples and hang out there and see what's going on. And so it was just kind of like, let's just, check it out let's just do what we can and just explore yeah that's right mm. and you know that's when really Taoism and buddhism chinese buddhism sort of uh, opened up a lot more um but i could i could see it but i couldn't understand it because mm. i couldn't speak chinese so i was kind of blocked and but when i came back to australia that's when i started going okay what do i do now and then just down the road, there was a natural medicine college teaching um, Chinese uh, Chinese massage, naturopathy, uh, reflexology, mm. everything, right? And so I started enrolled in that. I enrolled into a diploma in Chinese massage, or Tuina. And I did that. And then a couple of years later, I went back and did acupuncture. And then got to a bachelor level in acupuncture and finished that in 2009. I think I, it took about five years or something to, to get it all done. It's super yeah. intense from what I understand. Yeah. The, once you get up to the acupuncture level, because you have to study uh, Western pathology, you have to understand like diabetes. Mm. What does that mean in Eastern pathology? Western mm. Chinese medicine. So you've, you're sort of translating Western diseases across to Chinese medicine theory. And, and does think, that look, yeah. would that be more like systematic? Like when you start to look at it, because from the way that I see it, which is, may not be accurate, but like in Western medicine, it's more like compartmentalized and it's, you know, more treated as a, disease or a disorder that's sort of contained in and of itself and focused mm. on um, maybe the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the symptoms. And then mm. maybe in Chinese medicine, it's more seeing things as a system within the body and how everything's kind of interrelated. And so there's just a, there are two yeah. really different approaches. Yeah. Definitely, there is, um, yeah, in Chinese med, you know, there's no disease in isolation. Mm. So 
if you've got multiple diseases, it's all coming from a similar disorder underneath, essentially. And so it's kind of an unpacking or where is the root of it and can I knock that out? But it's complex. The more diseases generally, from what I understand, is the more chronic and the deeper the disease has got in there and is like creating all these symptoms. So um, ideally is that you get onto a disease quickly. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Um, and one of the things, uh, if you notice a disease coming and you get onto it quick, it's easy to clear. Okay. And this is kind of through the education is that educating people about when you notice certain symptoms to actually take care of it and to be aware of symptoms and to deal with it in that manner. Because if you can catch it yourself, you can deal with a lot of the diseases yourself. You just got to put yourself back into balance and the disease will disappear. But the problem is, I don't know, it's Western thinking or just, we kind of just push through it or something. We ignore it. And then the disease gets stronger and more intense and then more and more diseases come. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to treat at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but what I also learned with Chinese med is that it's quite simple, actually. At the, at the surface level, it's very simple. There's only like five elements. And the, once the elements are in harmony, then, you know, the system is clear. The system is organized. Mm-hmm. But if the system goes too far into one direction, of course, it's going to start giving symptoms and creating disease. Um, okay. Yeah. What What is your take on um, inflammation? I've been hearing more and more that, like, so many disease states or maybe even all disease states, the root is inflammation. Has that been part of your understanding as well? Is inflammation mm. pay, playing a big part throughout or does does Chinese medicine not really um, view things from that perspective? Mm, it it does. I, I think in most cases it would call it like a a heat disease, oh, okay. a hot disease, mm-hmm. because inflammation it's usually hot to the touch, right? Creates redness, swollen. So it'd be considered too much yang or too much heat in that system, mm. and so. You've got to clear out the heat and the heat can be produced by many things, toxicity in the blood, toxins in the body, um, too much of a hot environment, but also, and this is where kind of where EFT and this sort of stuff comes in is that what I'm finding more and more is that the emotions cause a majority of in Chinese medicine, they call like there's an internal cause of disease and then there's an external cause of disease. And an external cause of disease is like too much sun, too mm. much wind, too much um, rain, you know, like that mm. damages the system. But inside, you cause your own disease with anger, too much anger, too much resentment, too much, even sadness, even joy, they say, too much joy. Mm. Really? Yeah, it damages the heart. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. It's because it disperses chi, you know, like if you're like laughing and you can't stop laughing and then afterwards you feel kind of exhausted, it's it's because you've like all the chi's kind of gone out of you. And, oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. 
it's interesting. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, a lot of the, so I'd say inflammation and if there was an emotion that's connected, it's definitely anger mm. and bitterness okay. usually is firing up uh, heat. Okay. Interesting. Mm. So in acupuncture, in case there are people who are completely new to this, um, there's like a Chinese meridian system. And I don't know if you want to go in just a little bit to, about that, but um, I, I've experienced acupuncture years ago. I mean, like more than a decade ago, I had a miscarriage and in between my kids. And, um, and so I went to try to get some balance back, like after I had the miscarriage, to try to get the, my mm. balance back in the body. And it was my only um, experience with acupuncture. So I really went in very curious but not really having much understanding about what it was. And I had this really, really kind, just really gentle um, doctor who was uh, really beautiful. And so she talked me through everything. And, and I think she, you know, this is, is Indiana in the Midwest. And so I think she's, and she's Chinese, but I think she's used to people like, being really apprehensive mm. and nervous. And so she really, you know, she got a chart out of the body and she was trying to mm -hmm. kind of explain what she was, you know, what was going to happen and put me on some herbs and gave me some like, I think even little herbal like stickers to put on different points in my body so that I could have herbs sort of being absorbed into the body all the time. And she told me things like to drink, don't drink cold water, you know, have mm. um, room temperature water only or drink room temperature things, nothing too hot, nothing too cold. Um, mm. And then she put like a very, very few needles in me that first time. And I think, and she said, you know, we're just going to take it easy. And um, I, it, but she was putting them like, I think she put them in somewhere like my feet or my ankles, something like that. And then like, and maybe one on each leg and then maybe one on each arm, like, I don't know, the wrist area or something like that. And I was kind of thinking like, and that was it. I think I got like four needles and that was kind of it. Mm. And I remember like thinking, okay, those are nowhere near where the problem is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is yeah. like, I'm trying to help my uterus. <laughs> Um, and here I am with needles in my hands and feet. Um, but when I got home, I had such a cleansing, <laughs> mm -hmm. like really, really felt things just really flushing through, um, which I, and, and I wasn't, I mean, I chose to go to acupuncture, so it wasn't like somebody made me do it. I was very curious about it and happy to do it, but also like, I didn't know, what to expect. So I wasn't going in like, Ooh, this is really going to change everything. Um, so I was kind of surprised to have like a, a physical, um, response to it. And, um, I loved it. It was so relaxing and it didn't take long because she was also testing me and my, um, comfort level. So like the next time I came in, she put loads more needles in and it wasn't long before I had them in my face. And, um, you know, multiple needles and I don't know how many we got into, but then I just laid there and listened to this really relaxing music for longer and longer times each time. 
and it was so relaxing and I felt so good and I got pregnant that month. So, mm. um, but anyway, that's just my, my mm. own personal experience, but I don't know if you want to mm. talk a little bit about how it is this, you know, like maybe what the Meridian system is and a little bit about the approach. Mm. Well, I'm glad that it worked so well for you. Yeah, my Every, daughter turns ten yeah. in uh, ten days, <laughs> in eight, yeah, nine days. So, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, it's interesting. Everyone responds a little differently to it as well. So, maybe she was testing, and it, like mm-hmm. you said, it's like I'll just gentle see if she responds, and then I know where to go. Um, so, yeah, like the meridian system, I describe it. It's like a, it's just a distribution network, just like uh, the blood vessels in the system. Mm-hmm. It's almost exactly the same as that, but instead of moving blood around the system, it's moving what we call chi or life energy. And it's just, life energy is just more subtle than blood. And we don't really have the instrumentation at the moment to be able to see it or to be able to measure it. But that's not absolutely true because I know there's a lot of research and a lot of people I think in Japan in particular where they've got certain instruments where they can measure certain activity in the body. Um, so they're getting to a point when there's actually a, a reading. You can actually get readings of how much energy is moving through a particular meridian and oh, all really? that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's there. We just, again, we don't have the instruments at the moment to to focus on that because, Mm -hmm. you know, with Western medical sciences, it costs a lot of money to, you know, invest into certain technologies. And there's not really a lot of benefit or money in finding chi Mm -hmm. or like proving chi. You know, it's like, (laughs) <laughs> so, so that's probably why we haven't detected it yet as far as you know, common mm. practice. Um, but so, you know, there is a lot of breakthroughs happening. The next, uh, it's called the modern meridian theory, which is the theory that it's the connective tissue in the body, which is distributing a certain, uh, a lot of information through the system. Mm. And so the connective tissue could actually be the meridian system. Hmm. Yeah, they're getting really close. And interestingly, like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, as my understanding is that most anatomical medicine was sort of disregarding the, the connective tissue. The connective tissue was not thought to be that important. Hmm. It was just holding things in place. Um, but over time, they're realizing more and more how important it is because it wraps around every bone, organ, muscle tissue, everything around your brain is that it's actually involved in all the systems. Oh, really? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it links all the systems together. Hmm. So it's now being considered the new, um, like a new system in itself. Really? like a respiratory system, yeah, cardiovascular system, the connective tissue system, maybe they're sort of talking about because um, that's how influential it is in our health and stuff. And, and so 
if that's true, basically the health of your connective tissue largely determines the health of your energy system and all, a lot of the other functions in your body. Mm. So it's, yeah. So, yeah, it's just a distribution network basically of information okay. through the system. And yeah. so with acupuncture, um, they, they're using or you're using needles to mm. insert into the meridian system to affect the chi or the prana or, um, yeah. and so what do, how do the needles affect it? Do they, is it more of yeah. like a, or, or is that sort of the mystery behind it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A bit of mystery, bit of science, bit of art altogether. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's kind of like um, what do we call it? like nooks and crannies, like a a, a lake, not a lake, like a stream. Mm-hmm. If you imagine the connective tissue or the meridian systems like a stream, and down the stream you'll get like a little turn in the stream, mm-hmm. and then maybe like some debris, like some rocks or some wood that's blocking the flow of the water through the stream, and you may even have little pools that. When, when the stream turns, it creates a pooling, a, a whirlpool effect mm-hmm. in a part of the stream. So it's just like that where in certain parts of your body, particularly around your joints, you know, your elbows, your wrists, your knees, you get like a, a pooling effect mm-hmm. of the chi. And the chi can get sort of accumulate there and kind of get stuck and unable to move. And so... If you put a needle in there or manipulate it in such a way, you're sort of clearing out hmm. and stimulating so the stream, the water can move through the stream much easier. Oh. And and other parts uh, is just if the stream is lacking in water, so it's all dammed up, say, in the knee, and now the ankle's not receiving the water, you can unblock the dam and then down in the ankle you're stimulating the, the river so then you're getting the full flow and everything's working again. And and the cool thing about chi is that it's intelligent and it kind of knows what it needs to do. You don't have to like, you don't have to, uh, you know, as a therapist or whatever, is that like you're just stimulating its own intelligent system. Mm-hmm. I'm not. You know, we're not telling the system what to do as such. We're not healing it. We're just stimulating the healing response. So how much, like, intuition for you is part of that as the the body therapist or as the practitioner? Like, Mm. because from what I understand, and again, this might not be right, but, like, as the energy moves through, it may not, like, move through. It's not like a bone where you can, like, feel your way through it like oh okay well there's the end of that bone so if I'm gonna you know Mm. be a doctor who's gonna reset this bone or do something to it I I can physically understand where it is um Mm. but what I understand with the chi is like it's not so set um in relation to the physical body so are you having to like tune in yourself so that you know where to put the needles or is it kind of like if you get in the general area, then, you know, mm. it's, it's still going to do its good work. 
Yeah, it's a bit of both again. It's like that art science kind mm. of application. Um, I, the more that you do like the Tai Chi arts and even the yoga arts, the more subtle you're able to feel things. Mm-hmm. And as a basic sensation, you feel heat right, under your palms. And you can feel heat coming off someone's body even like a few feet away. And even that is a reading. Like a person who's giving out a lot of heat may have too much heat in the system, right? So then if if you're putting your hand there and you're not feeling anything, um, it may be that they're, they're too cold. There's not enough heat in them. So they've got to be boosted. And so it, it's a subtle process and I, I really noticed and this is kind of one thing that the west kind of misses out on again <laughs> again and especially in studying acupuncture and stuff in a western uh academic um you know situation is that we're so book focused and so intellectually focused conceptual focused and we may be really intelligent conceptually but when it comes to actually you know, feeling chi or even feeling your own chi and how to move it around your body, we're actually quite terrible at it. Mm. And it's a it's kind of crazy that we get trained in book learning, but we but a lot of the training isn't in any qigong training, any meditation training, where we're actually learning how to move chi around. Because that's what the Chinese were doing. That's how they do it. And that's how the yogis do it as well. It's like mm-hmm. you've got to experience the chi. You just can't conceptualize chi. It doesn't, it's not the same, right? right. Different education. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So then this took you, this avenue kind of took you to EFT, which is tapping, yeah. also known as tapping. Yeah. Um, is it a mo? Is it emotional freedom technique? Yeah, the emotional freedom techniques. Yeah. And so so I associate that with tapping. Is there there more to it than the tapping with EFT? Yeah, the fundamental practice is tapping. Okay. And, you know, the different ways of uh, the different sort of psychological approaches – can be like layered and differentiated afterwards, but the fundamental is tapping on the acupuncture points mm-hmm. just to stimulate the system. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this because this is not something that's come up um, here before. Mm. And so the way that you took us through it at the Omega Institute, um, we kind of combine the chakra system with mm. EFT with tapping so um, you took us through, like, from chakra one all the way through, and we um, sort of, you sort of set something to do with every chakra because it has, like, mm. its own sort of purpose or its own, like, emo- because it's really dealing with a lot of emotional pieces yeah. and kind of letting things go at the subconscious level. Um, so I can't remember now off the top of my head, but let's, I'll make it up. Like chakra one was maybe security or something to do with that. And like, um, 
Is it affirmations? Like you're, I'm trying to remember now if we were using mm. affirmations and then t- you're tapping. Why don't I let you explain it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's, uh, that's right. So we, when you're tapping, what I suppose the skill comes in is like what we call targeting. So targeting means what is the stress or what is the issue that you want to re, rebalance inside your brain, your neurochemistry, and your and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So this is really where the skill, yeah, because you can tap generally, but the subconscious mind has a lot of stored stuff, you know, and that's kind of that's kind of what causes most of our diseases and most of our troubles in our lives is because we've got a bunch of subconscious programs that we're not aware of. Mm. And I think Bruce Lip- Dr. Bruce Lipton says 95% of our behavior is governed by our subconscious mind. Mm. And, you know, so even if, so even if we're consciously like trying to solve a problem, most of the time it's not the actual problem because it's, it's down it's there deeper. somewhere. Yeah. It's deeper. So the EFT is, okay, what do you want to focus on? Um, for example, yeah, like the base chakra, I think I focused on money because okay. money usually connects to safety. Mm-hmm. Right. So what you can do and what we did was, um, what do I like about money is the first question. And you can visualize. So this, when I ask that question, what do you like about money? You'll notice that the mind gets triggered and you'll get all these images that come up and all these feelings that come up. This is really the subconscious, right? It's all the programs that are connected to that. And there's probably not too much stress in that one, right? It's like, oh, yeah, it's more like good feelings. And like, oh, yeah, I'd love to do this. I'd share it. I'd do it. So maybe it doesn't need tapping so much because um, there's not like a stress trigger. What we're looking for in EFT is we're looking for stress, essentially. So the opposite question would be, what don't you like about having lots of money? (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's a funny question, but no one ever asks it. And even at the beginning, you'll probably go, oh, there's nothing. There's nothing I don't like about having lots of money. That's the first thing that usually comes. But if you go a little bit deeper, you'll find, you know, often the most common ones are like, people might treat me differently. My friends would treat me differently. Mm. Right? Um, I would, I'd be afraid of losing it. Oh, That's yeah. a big one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'd have to pay more tax. I'd have to get a lawyer, more banks. Like, you know, once you get in there, it's actually, and these are actually a lot of subconscious programs that are running and they've got stress around them. Because when you bring them up, you're like, oh, I don't like that feeling. So basically now we've found a stress. Okay, let's say, uh, yeah, my friends would treat me differently. I don't want that. I don't want my, my family to treat me differently. I don't want my friends to treat me differently. So we'd bring that up 
and I would get you to imagine that happening, like a worst case scenario, and let it run through your mind. Let it let the stress happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you want to actually tune into the feeling of stress. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, this is how it works. Because every image, every story has a program, an amount of stress in it. And when you go into the program, it'll most of them trigger a stress response. So you feel your body and the chi you'll feel will contract. Mm. Whenever you feel your body contract, it means stress, basically. Okay. And, and so now we've got it. So I go, okay, give yourself permission to feel stressed about that thing. Mm. Okay. And so suddenly the person usually closes their eyes and then they start getting a bit, you can see them like contracting and like, Urgh. and then we've got it. So when you're in that state, the program is, is active, you know, it's right on the surface now. And so then we tap because when we tap, it's now sending signals in to the brain, to the system. And for some reason, we don't understand why, but for some reason, the brain is able to re-regulate itself and it, it knocks out the stress response quite fast. Hmm. So bring up the stress start tapping, um, even though this, this feeling, I don't like it. That's okay. I accept how I feel. And it's safe now to let this feeling go. And tap, 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 tap. Just keep tapping through. And then after a few minutes, most people, depending on the person, you'll suddenly feel more relaxed. Like your body feels more open now, more expanded. And when I go, okay, now think about that same thing that we just did most people are like oh it's really hard to think about it again or it feels distant now mm. so that means that the stress response has been, has been turned off when you think about it now and that's basically how you unpro uh, unprogram or re-regulate your stress responses and your programs so that they're not cooking away under in your subconscious and messing with you. Okay. And mm. so, and you take it through the different points. So you mentioned different acupressure points, acupuncture points. Um, mm. And I know when we did it, we kind of went through them all when you were just describing it, you know, I'm not recording the video, but you were kind of tapping on the edge of your um, hand and so as you do it, I, you can do it like as a formalized process, right? Where you do go through the various points. So it would be like the temple, I think under yes. the eye. Um, yes. Is it the forehead too? Above one of the eyes? or Yeah. So it's the inside of the eyebrow, mm -hmm. the outside of the eyebrow, under the eye, under the nose, on the chin. And on the chest, just below the collarbone, is the, that's the standard points. That's like the base. Um, you can add more, but that's, that's all you really, to get you going. Mm -hmm. That's all you need to do. So if you're, mm. if you're working with someone, you're going through those points, but then 
if you just want to use it kind of like on the go, I suppose you can kind mm. of maybe just tap by the collarbone or tap at the outside of the hand or while you're yeah. feeling the stress. Yes, that's true. You can tap on the face. You can use those standard points. Um, it's not really public friendly at the moment. People are still a bit weirded out by it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you can actually tap the um, the fingertips on the side of the fingers where the nail meets the skin. And if you tap on the fingers, that's also where the meridians run down your arms and out through your fingers. Mm. So tapping on the fingers also sends a re relaxation response through the system as well. That's mm. another option. Oh, um, and that could be yeah. any any finger? Yeah, that's right. Any finger, any hand. Hmm. You can just tap on that. You know, sometimes I do it like in a plane or something like that if I'm like, or if I'm a little bit wound up or something mm -hmm. like that. I can just tap it on my fingers and it, it you, you know, you, you notice that it just it seems to calm the system down really fast. And then yeah. as you're tapping, you're tuning into the way that you feel you're tuning into that stress and then you're kind of telling yourself you know it's okay that I feel this and are you talking yourself yeah. down like it's gonna be all right <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, this plane's not going down <laughs> well yeah there's a few different ways you can do it and I found that you can also do it without using words mm. Because I've noticed a lot of people kind of get stuck on the words, like what words do I use? And so they, they don't practice because of the words. So I found like in, in a lot of cases, don't let the words stop you from practicing. Just, just tapping is automatically re-regulating the system in ways that we are not consciously aware of. It's calming the system anyway. Um, so that's the basic is just tap on those fingers, even if you're not, um, of course it helps. Like if you're not like on a phone or all that sort of stuff, but you're just like sitting there and you're just, you know, resting and you just tap the fingers. That's, that's perfect. And the next level would be, yeah, even though I feel really angry, that's okay. Mm. Even though I feel really upset, that's okay. Even though I feel really upset, that's okay. Mm. And it's kind of this process of allowing the feeling is part of the process of actually clearing it. Mm. Because you've got to, like, like what we were doing before, is that you've got to bring the stress up so that it can be cleared. That's the key. If you, Because the tendency that we all do so fast and so subconsciously is that we suppress it. Yeah. If we don't like it, we push it down out of our awareness. Mm. And that's actually what's accumulated inside the subconscious mind is just thousands and thousands and thousands of suppressed feelings and, and trauma. And that's what we're clearing. And, and I'd say that the body, the body is kind of the storehouse of the suppressed traumas. That we are un that have been uncleared. Mm. Yeah, so that's a simple, you know, that's a very simple way of looking at it. And it is actually really simple. And I, I want to bring that up is that it's actually a very simple process. 
um, and it's quite easy to do. Mm-hmm. And you can do a lot of it yourself. You can do a lot of the stuff, um, daily life kind of stuff, clearing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, if you need extra support, like you kind of get plateau or get stuck on a particular subject or there's a particular event in the memory banks that you're unable to clear, that's when you want to bring a therapist in and they can come at it in a few different angles and then they will help you knock that one out of the system. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I love that. It's so accessible and you can just use it, you know, on the go, which is really, really helpful because so often when we do get into a, a session, you know, we're, we're not in the same place that we are when we get triggered. So we can bring it up, mm-hmm. but, yes. um, and I know That's that true. you offer, um, some session, you offer sessions to clients globally, right? So you can, um, you have virtual sessions and so you, you do a lot of work and your background is in acupuncture, but there's a, there are a lot of things that can happen, um, virtually, and do you want to talk a little bit about like what a session, what kind of things you mm. offer clients and what type of client um, benefits the most from the work that you offer? Mm. Yeah, I, that's the other thing I really liked about EFT is that yeah, I can offer it by distance as well, online and in person. Mm. And I just, you know, help. I help people with the targeting aspect, you know, trying to find things that are hidden Mm. and bring them up and clear them out. So generally the first, you know, the first session is really working out what is the ultimate outcome. You know, what is the goal in that you want to see when we do this work together, you know, so is it about health? You know, do you want to get your health on track or is it more about relationships or something like that? And so that'll give us uh, a direction. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, and then basically it's about me asking a bunch of questions to find out, to try and dig around and look into, you know, maybe some memories or some, some events that still hold a stressful charge and like I you know I'd ask you like uh, when you think about for example like relationships is usually a big one for people and a lot of most of us including myself and I think this is how I got onto EFT because I cleared a relationship from my own mind you know my own trouble Mm -hmm. was that a lot of us are walking around with broken hearts Mm. and they've never really been processed. The emotion, the trauma, which it kind of is a trauma, um, has never really been, resolved. you know, regulated in the brain. Yeah, resolved, mm. you know, neuro, neurologically as well and chemically because often we are intellectually over things. You know, people go, oh, I'm over that, you know, mm-hmm. but you can tell that the chemistry, their body still gets distorted and is still stressed. Mm. So the body remembers, the, their mind is over it, but their body has still got the stored 
pattern. So, you know, like uh, we could go about the last relationship you may be having trouble with letting go of. You know, when you think about that person now, does it cause you any stress? Is there any stress or contraction in your body? And if there is, there's still stress. It's still stored, right? Yeah. So that's what I would work on. I'd really look at clearing out. That's a big area is clearing out old relationships out of the system um, so that, that you're clean, you know, you're clear and you're actually, your present relationship or any future relationship that you have will be so much better and so much more real because you're not carrying all the stress, trauma that is still in the system. Mm. Um, and like another little question would be like, what is something that you used to, what's one thing you miss about the old relationship? You know, what's, we just break it down into one little thing. Oh, I miss, I miss going to the park on Sundays with the dog, something like that. And so <clears throat> we would focus on that and bring that up notice any stress and then tap that out so knock out that particular uh, program or that particular memory right mm. and then once that's neutralized we can move on to another one neutralized so we kind of knock out a lot of things and then the big issue of the relationship tends to dissolve um so it's just kind of like that like it's what what area do you want to focus on and then we kind of just chip away at it over a very over a few sessions until basically when you're thinking about it, it doesn't create a stress. And, you know, that's the goal. That's, that's the. Oh, wow. Mm. That sounds so beneficial. <laughs> it's yeah. really interesting that you say that a lot of people are walking around with broken hearts from, you know, mm. relationships that have long passed because I think, you know, there is, uh, I, I mean, we're all ready to be done with, with things when mm. they break down. Right. And it's like, okay, just move on. You know, I, I know I'm really like that where it's just like, okay, forward, forward, you know, <laughs> and kind of change as quickly as I can to like get out of, um, what I felt like I, you know, ultimately if you feel like you're sort of, change is needed right and so it's like all right change <laughs> yeah but there's really you know with that approach there's really not a lot of resolution and there's not you know you're just pushing things down and, and denying mm. things and so yeah it's interesting how that then plays into your current life because you can't yeah. outrun it but that's right yeah yeah so Another thing that I noticed that you're doing lately is animal acupuncture, which I find really fascinating <laughs> and fun. Um, mm. So I'd love to just hear, like, how did that come about? And also maybe the difference in, you know, because the physiology of an animal or, you know, a non-human animal um, might be different than a human, um, but I'm sure there are a lot of similarities where we all come from source, right? So mm. I'm just captivated <laughs> by that. So, 
Yeah. Well, I'm not a, um, you know, I'm not fully schooled in uh, veterinary medicine, so I can't mm. really speak too hardcore into animals' um, mm-hmm. uh, physiology. However, you know, I, you know, uh, so I was studying acupuncture and my dog at the time had a lot of arthritis and, you know, the vets giving painkillers, very strong painkillers. And I found out it's very similar pharmacology to humans actually. Uh, So, but they're just smaller doses because of their body weight. Um, And that seemed to be the main treatment, you know, is to, is to give the, give the dog drugs. But of course it creates toxicity in the liver, causes inflammation later on, all this sort of stuff. So anyway, I, I looked it up online. I was like, where's a veterinary acupuncturist? Let's just try this out. And I found this amazing. She's a fully, fully, a full doctor, veterinary doctor, who'd also done like Chinese medicine on top of it. And it was really cheap, like compared to a normal vet uh, visit, it was like $50. Really? And I was, yeah. And I was like, okay, yes, I'll come in Tuesday and, so I grabbed the dog and we went there and she was really sweet. And she was really excited that I was into acupuncture because she, you could tell that she was trying to promote it. You know, she's like, wow, you know, this stuff, animals respond really well to it. Mammal, you know, dogs, cats, because what I think is because they don't have, you know, dogs and cats read energy mm-hmm. better humans have got this you know this busy mind and we're not so good at reading energy but dogs and animals read energy and they feel energy a lot more than humans Mm. i think so uh animals so i got took my dog there one of the first points she put in is in the top of the head and this calms you know this calms it's kind of like it sedates the dog oh okay yeah and the so suddenly the dog usually just calms right down, almost just lies down, and then just put in the needles. And the, the, the dog can feel it straight away. Really? So, yeah, they feel it straight away. They're like, oh, they can, and they can sense that you're there to help them, right? So that um, they know that you're not trying to hurt them. They know they're trying to, you're trying to help. And then they feel good from the, the needles going in and stuff. So they just get into it real fast. They drop right in. And... And so then I took, after that, I was so happy. It was so much fun. And I took the dog home and Skunky, yeah, the, it was just crazy, just like running around like a puppy. I've never seen that much energy in him for years because oh. it had been degenerating slowly. Mm. But this was like, wow, so much energy and all the pain was like, looked like it was gone. I was like, wow, this works so powerfully on the animal, on, on the dog. So I was hooked, you know, and that was like 15 years ago. And ever since then, I've been sort of just keeping an eye on the industry. Like, is there training available? Uh, how many vets are doing it? All this sort of stuff. So it's still not that common, but it's getting there. And I really recommend it as well. Like, Anyone out there who wants to, you know, 
enhance the health well-being of the animal definitely give acupuncture a go because it's amazing how how effective it is on animals and and yeah so recently i just sort of saw a course from a guy in australia he was running uh he does it for horses and dogs mainly Mm. and and he says like mammals it's sort of this generally the same they've got the same kind of because they're four legs they've generally got the same meridians in the same kind of area mm-hmm. um, yeah they've got a meridian system just like humans um, and a lot of similarities mm-hmm. so it's actually not that big a jump but I probably should say again I'm not fully qualified and not a vet yeah but from what I understand it's like it's not a huge jump from a human to a, a mammal mm. a dog or a cat that's so interesting and and fascinating that with that the first point that she put like obviously she knew where to put it to sedate the dog because I I practice Reiki and um mm. there have been times where I've wanted to do it with my dog and I have tried it with my dog but to get her to stay (laughs) because usually (laughs) when I approach her she has other ideas about (laughs) you know you know okay we'll start playing or um or she isn't doesn't love having people come up and like cuddle her or anything and so uh it's got to always be on her terms so approaching her Mm -hmm. and like even in a calm way tends to invite her to leave <laughs> and then, mm. of course the more you like no come here come here and then you end up chasing her but um so it's kind of I was picturing like okay if I took my dog to have acupuncture that vet is going to be just chasing her around but that's um interesting that there's that go-to of that one mm. one point that helps to the other thing about it is for anybody who is like a little bit skeptical about energy healing the thing I love about animals is that it's so validating because they don't have expectations so in Mm. um, western medicine we talk or you know a lot of times the placebo effect comes up and people get you know it's like you hear placebo effect and that it equals ineffective but what is that what is the placebo effect? I mean, it is the body responding and healing itself mm. despite the chemical compound that we're putting into mm. it. So we're triggering something within the body. That is a huge thing. And um, but it's but likewise, if you're seeing results with dogs and you have an arthritic dog who hasn't, you know, who has moved painfully for a long time and then they have uh, you can see the the relaxation and how much they're enjoying it at the time and then you go home and see the results there's not a lot of ways to talk around what's happened Mm. there whereas with people I think you know it can we can talk about things being psychosomatic and um, wishful thinking and and things like that um to sort to to explain them away but it really opens mm. things up i think when you get animals involved mm. and it's great to be able to help our friends without putting chemicals in them 
Mm. Yeah, the animal kingdom, you know, it's, we're so close to them. Mm. And yeah, it's, yeah. So I really, yeah, I really would love to promote that practice more. And um, yeah. So, yeah. and yeah, you're right. Like they don't have the mind that kind of gets in the way or yeah. it's not placebo effect is not really we don't maybe it is but i doubt it's playing an effect in the animal kingdom right um and they're just so yeah because they read energy they feel energy so well Mm. and i think that's why they're so it's so effective on that yeah yeah that's Mm. beautiful Mm. well i know you've also um authored some books or how are those available globally as well or more in australia yes yeah i've got a few on amazon that's the easiest place to get hold of them Mm -hmm. it's on amazon yeah and topics Um, on um, eft uh yeah a few on eft eft in the chakra system and i put a new book out well not new. I think it's two years ago now. <laughs> time time moves fast. Uh, yeah. But it's it's about depression and mm. it's uh what's it called? Freedom from depression using Chinese medicine principles. Oh, okay. And yeah, I'd really love to promote that. I'm actually gonna put it for free on my website pretty soon. Oh great. Uh, you know, because of this whole global situation i know that mental illness and particular depression is going to be a massive part um yeah it's going to be emphasized at the moment so yeah check that out uh freedom from depression either on amazon or check it out on my website soon i'll put it up free um, that's wonderful and i'll also be doing a few eft trainings as well in the coming months oh really so tra- virtual yeah. sessions yeah, I've, you know, I was doing live training, but because of this situation again, I've, I've, uh, I'm making it online, but I'm also adding like live Zoom group calls so we can get more of like a personal practice mm-hmm. uh, feedback. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that's going to be accredited, you know, so I'm going to go through the paperwork and so, so that you can start, you know, be competent in giving it to yourself and your friends mm-hmm. or even move into like a therapeutic service. So, you know, being a professional and using EFT as a main uh, therapeutic tool as well. So that's. Oh, wow. um, so that will be available also on your website in the coming weeks or months. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think July it's going to be, another enrollment okay and then i'll be doing it probably twice a year kind of rolling them out that way online um so yeah for more information just uh go to my website and message me that way or find me on facebook facebook's probably the easiest way i'm much faster okay facebook than i am with emails so yeah wonderful well thank you for everything that you're doing to bring healing and light into the world, especially <laughs> right now, it's, it's wonderful to connect with people who are doing such good work. And, um, 
And thank you for sharing with us today. And mm, um, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, yeah. And putting up with my uh, slow responses. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will echo, or I will confirm. It's better to use Facebook with you than, than email. We've had better luck that way. But no, it's yeah. been it's been a joy. And thank you for joining us. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation. Mm.